The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for joining us today. With over 10 million downloads and listeners from more than 180 different countries, it's dedicated listeners just like you who have made Negotiate Anything the number one negotiation podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, author, and the proud CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Now, before we get into today's insightful conversation, I have a golden opportunity for those of you who recognize the power of negotiation in your professional lives. Have you ever found yourself wishing that you could navigate those high stakes conversations with more confidence? Or perhaps you're looking to empower your team with the art of persuasion and conflict resolution. At the American Negotiation Institute, we've crafted specialized keynotes and workshops tailored for those very needs. We've transformed the negotiation skills of professionals worldwide, and we're eager to do the same for you. We believe the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and our goal is to help you improve your lives and the lives of those around you one difficult conversation at a time. Don't let another challenging conversation leave you second-guessing. Click the link in the description to discover how we can help you find confidence in conflict, negotiate better deals, and have stronger relationships. Because in the world of business, every conversation counts. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Whitney, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? My name is Whitney Christian. I am a family physician in Ohio. I'm also the wife of Kwame Christian, the mother of Kai and Dominic Christian. And um, those those roles keep me pretty busy. I like to believe I do other things too, but those are the main things that I do on a daily basis. Yes, listeners. So... If this is your first time listening to an episode, this is probably is not the best episode to listen to to like get a vibe on what this podcast typically is. Because after seven years and over 700 episodes, I've done the thing that I've been avoiding, <laughs> which is having Whitney on the show. So you have been avoiding it. You made it seem like it was me that was running away from your podcast. Yes, of course I did. Okay. <laughs> there you heard it. You heard it here first, people. Yes. Yeah, so it was becoming harder and harder to avoid. And so we uh you know posted about it. Uh hey, Whitney's coming on the podcast. Unfortunately, that post did really well. Unfortunately. And, and so here we are having this. And so just promise me you won't embarrass me in front of my friend. I don't really know that I can make that promise. I don't like telling lies. Oh boy. Um, and I don't like making promises I can't keep. So I will say that I will be completely honest in this interview. So you be careful of the questions you ask me. Your honesty is the thing that concerns me the most. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I asked folks on LinkedIn and um, less so on Instagram because, you know, people on Instagram only, doesn't like you. <laughs> Instagram hates me, man. Like they just people just come to see you, Kai and Dominic. Nobody cares about me on Instagram. So let's just talk about LinkedIn. And we got a lot of questions from people. And I think what was really interesting is that 
um, I was saying, okay, Whitney's a doctor. She's going to come on the show and talk about talk about like difficult conversations that she has with patients and all that type of stuff. But there was a a very clear pattern in the responses on LinkedIn. People want to know about you as a person and about us as a couple. Um, you know, which is terrifying. Well, you know, this is it's the day before um, Valentine's Day while we are recording this, so. This one's for the lovers out there. Yep. <laughs> and with that, let's get started. Um, why don't you talk about our origin story? How did Quitney get started? Quitney, that's um, our relationship name that our friends coined back in college. We met sophomore year of college. Um, actually, I first learned about you in the summer between freshman and sophomore year. My freshman and sophomore um, roommate, her name is Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Um, she went on a study abroad trip this summer between freshman and sophomore year, and you happened to be there. You guys went to Ecuador for Spanish class, and she actually sent me a Facebook message in the middle of the summer, like, hey, there's this guy named Kwame that I think you should meet, and I think you guys would be great together. And I was very studious. I didn't really care to meet you. <laughs> um, I was just like, why is she trying to hook me up with this guy? Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. And then, um, Sophomore year started and you all had a get together with all the people who went on the trip. And you came to our dorm because I guess Lindsay had to pick something up. So you kind of uh, just poked your head in and I was sitting there studying cause I was trying to get into med school. So I wasn't, I was in the books. Um, and he said, hi, I looked and said, hi. And that was it until the next quarter. We were on quarters back then. And then we ended up being in a class together. Um, so let's, I, I remember that day very clearly because it wasn't just you said hi. It was quite dismissive, I would say, because it was you You turned around briefly and literally only said hi. It's I was a, studying biology. I had to stay focused. And you just turned around, said hi, and turned back around. Like, I don't even think you waited for my response of hi back. And I was like, well, that went well. Let's go eat some tacos. Did she say anything about me to you? I actually have never asked you this before. Did Lindsay say anything about me to you before you met me? Nope. Okay. So then you didn't have any expectation anyway. I had an expectation as soon as I saw you. I was like, well, let's try this out. I dropped my line. I said, hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was a line? That was a line. That's it just a greeting. It did, I didn't have much game. Okay. okay. And so, you know, fast forward. Fast forward to um, the next quarter, winter quarter it was. We had a Spanish class together and then we also had the same Spanish tutor. I will go ahead and say right off the bat, I didn't need tutoring. I got a 4.0 in my minor for Spanish. <laughs> um, but we ended up having the same tutor and we had a couple of sessions together that I enjoyed your company during those sessions. And then we started to study together which didn't really do too great because we were mostly flirting. Yeah, that's that's where my game came in. I don't know. know that it was game. I just thought you were cute in the lack of game that you had because I just felt like there was just just honesty there. You dude, know? dude, that's my game. 
Okay. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. I, I need to call it for my ego. Okay. Um, but yes, it, that was uh, that was it, really. It was just saying, hey, you want to study? And those, those study sessions went well. Um, they went well because of the chemistry we had. Um, it went very poorly in terms of like actually studying. Unlike Whitney, I did not have a 4.0. I was struggling mightily. <laughs> it's like I came back from Ecuador feeling really confident because I could speak really fluidly, but like the perfection of Spanish grammar was just destroying me. And um, we came up to the drop deadline because you're getting trying to get into med school. I'm trying to get into law school. And I'm like, this where this Spanish minor is going, it's not looking good for me. Were you trying to get into law school at that time? Yes. You were pre-med at one point. Remember that? That was very brief. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thankfully, because I wanted to be, I was thinking, I was in psychology. My, my major was psychology. I was thinking psychiatry for a bit. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> I saw, hilarious. then I saw organic chemistry abuse all of my friends. And I was like, I want no part of this. I'll, just, yeah. I'll, I'll avoid it. But anyways, so we came up to the drop deadline and I was like, I'm going to have to drop this class. And I was talking to my tutor who wanted me to stick into it, stick, stick to it. And Whitney was there like, oh, you know, don't, maybe you should just keep on trying. Just keep on trying. And I that was my way of saying that I, I like having you around. Yeah. And I stuck to it and I managed to get a B and um, the rest is history. I'm, I'm made it into law school and your your med school entry was never in question. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's how the uh, the the love story started. And then we can talk about how it well, it didn't end. It's still going to continue. Yes, <laughs> like, we're still here. Let's go through grad school from your perspective, like from like, all right. We're in Spanish class, mm -hmm. going well. How did we start dating? Because this actually leads us to one of the questions from Victoria, I believe. Yes, I'd like to see you ask her what happened and what did you say that left her the most starstruck <laughs> when you were dating for her to feel like you were the one. So, yeah, what was it? What did I say yeah what did i say that left you the most starstruck okay first of all victoria <laughs> <laughs> don't address the word starstruck just roll with starstruck okay i was gonna say i was never starstruck um i did like you uh you were cute there's that I, I don't know if you have seen my husband but he's very handsome and he's very chocolatey and i like chocolate so there's that <laughs> thank you yeah you're welcome and then, I don't, like I said, I didn't feel like you had game because I think if you had tried to actually use what people call game, that would have been a turnoff for me. Mm -hmm. I liked that you seemed genuinely interested in me as a person and were not just running game. You um, wanted to hang out with me. You wanted to do things with me. You know, you acted the same around me with your friends or just me. So it was just the, you were genuine, whereas a lot of other college guys are, you know, you know. <laughs> Spitting game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was incapable of it. I, but I, clearly it worked out. Yeah. So I'm glad it worked out. Cool. So we, um, we got married on a busy day. <laughs> <laughs> so we got married the day I graduated, um, from undergrad 
Kwame actually graduated a quarter earlier. You graduated, um, what what do we call that? Was it spring? Spring quarter. No, or I graduated like in March. Winter, whatever Something that was. Like that. Yeah. You graduated you... The, the quarter before me. And um, I graduated when most people normally graduate, the biggest graduation. Um, and then I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> why not? you know make it a, a real day to remember let's get married too my family's already in town for my graduation so let's yeah. do this thing we like to be efficient and um my parents got married on graduation day dad from med school mom from uh from her phd program got married the same day they were foreign you know they were immigrants so their family wasn't always in the country so it made sense all right we're going to celebrate graduation celebrate the wedding i'm like you know what it worked for them let's, let's just do it now and now with I am very happy that we got married then because seeing the price tags of what our friends are putting into weddings, it is I know we were young and broke. <laughs> so I was thinking of having and I would still like to do this. We need to talk more about it. A um just like now that we're more established, another celebration of our union, like a a, a vow renewal. I would like the le the record to reflect that I would just talked about how great it was that we got married back when we were broke and we didn't have to spend money. And when he's like, I've been thinking about that, too. And I would like us to spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk. We'll talk more offline about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, when we launch this online course and community. <laughs> Um, please help a brother out so I could pay for this this little <laughs> shindig Whitney's asking for. Goodness gracious. So Victoria, there's your answer. When you saw when I saw the the word starstruck in this question, I'm like, this this response is going to be hilarious. Okay. <laughs> that was easy on you. I appreciate that. All right. So let's move forward. You're in med school. Mm -hmm. I'm getting my law degree and master's of public policy. Describe the relationship then. The relationship as I remember it was mostly like we studied uh, we went to our respective professional school classes. And then um, when we weren't in class or I wasn't in uh, rotations, so the third and fourth year of med school's rotations, then we just hung out together at home. We studied. We ate food. Um, if we went out to a restaurant, we ordered one dish and shared it because we were broke. Yeah. That's what I remember. I do remember that, pulling that move all the time. Yeah. All the time. Because we would go out to eat like maybe once a semester mm -hmm. or once a calendar year. Or, like, you know, at the beginning when you get those loans and you feel a little bit rich. Yes. Okay. Good. Now, I think after we get through med school, I think we could get to a a really great question from Robert Kennard. What is the biggest thing you both had to negotiate while being married? <laughs> Would you like to answer this one? No. Or? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the interviewee. You're the interviewer. Mm -hmm. um, hands down, the biggest thing that we've had to negotiate is bringing another life into this world. After our first child, there is a sizable gap in age. So our oldest is seven and our baby is a year and a half. And the reason for that is... You know, in the beginning, before we even got married, Kwame said he wanted two kids. I said I wanted three. I was able to, you know, be okay with the idea of two. And then after the first one, Kwame had a real hard time, people. 
um, adjusting to fatherhood and what it really was. He had a really hard time adjusting to the difference in attention he got from me when it was just us to when there was a baby. So after that first child, he was like, I am not trying to lose more of your time and attention. So he didn't want to have any more children. And it took four and a half years um, to convince him to have another baby. And that is definitely the biggest. And now he, you know, you're very happy. You love our babies, both of them. I'm going to go into interviewer mode right now. Um, So tell me more about the conversation you had with your husband for the second child. What's the second child's name again? Dominic. Dominic. Beautiful name, by the way. Um, Tell me about how you went about having that difficult conversation with your husband. I mean, I don't think there was just one conversation over the course of those years. It was just multiple conversations in your mind. That was just it. There was no like grander strategy or anything like that. It was just like keep on talking about it until he gives in. Was that like a, the plan? Not necessarily until you give in, but, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, life is changing. Things are a little bit more easy right now. Maybe now is a good time to bring it up. Hmm. Oh, this is actually quite fascinating. This is really interesting. Anything else that's coming to mind? I mean, Kai really wanted a brother. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Both of our mothers wanted another grandchild. Everybody wanted a baby except for you. <laughs> yeah. 100% true. Um, yeah, this is interesting. So, What is it that you you clearly have another idea that you're thinking of that I don't know what you're talking about? I mean, it just shows like the difference in, in how we think think through these types of things. So like if it was a big negotiation for me, I would have had like a like a strategy laid out. I would have had like a sequence of conversations that I would have Oh no, out. I didn't do that. Um like I would have said in this conversation my goal would be to do X, Y, and Z. But no. yeah, for you it was just like persistence. Yeah. Um yeah, fascinating. Yeah. So listeners, it it, it became really clear like I was the problem. <laughs> you know, like everybody wanted a baby, another one. Um, and then once Kai got to the point where he could like vocalize himself, like articulate himself really clearly, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, now he's having a vote too. It's going to be hard for me to, to, to withstand this level of pressure. I actually feel like Kai had more of a negotiation than I did. I have a video of him before we were pregnant, um, talking about like, if I do, he was like four at the time. If I do well in school, if I like listen to you at home, then we can have another baby. I have this video of him. And then a few months later, we got pregnant. So I really think he was the one who did the big negotiation. Yeah, it, he, he, it was really mainly Kai. Um, it really was. And I think you were, you were a lot more flexible the second time around too in like, having more childcare. Yeah, I mean, we also had more money, so. Yes. More money to, more resources to, to dedicate to <clears throat> to that, so. I'd like to thank the American Negotiation Institute <laughs> for sponsoring our second child. And also, like, I was finished with <laughs> residency, so I have an attending salary instead of a resident salary. True. So. True. Okay. Yeah. No. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It was. It was mainly persistence, but then also bringing in that uh, that persuasive voice of Kai, 
uh, to this negotiation. So that was the big one. Whenever people ask, like, oh, yeah, what was there's a big age difference between the two kids. I was like, yeah, that is the extent of my negotiation abilities, you know. <laughs> so. So, yeah, there you go. So, Robert, there is your there's the answer to that question. Can I can I play something here? Sure. For go the ahead. people. This is. Um, here, I'll put it next to my mic. My okay. mic's better. It's this one right here. You see the one where, he, where he's peeking his head through? Yeah. yeah. I turn this on. What are you saying? I want out water. And how are you going to get it? Um, if, if I write good and work very good. Uh-huh. So good, so hard on earth. Uh-huh. Um, like, even, like, so hard, 1,000 and billion, one hard, uh-huh. that I might be able to get away. Okay, and how are you gonna get the baby? Um, by by learning to not kick kick people and I mean people in the peepee. <laughs> was he was he kicking people? In I think the like pee-pee sometimes. At the time? No, I think that what happened was you would wrestle with him, and then sometimes he would accidentally kick you in the pee pee. He would do that all the time. I'm like, you're hurting, daddy. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and also, we'll, it's not good for you making more babies. So this is unreal, Simone. Feel free to edit whatever you want. No, I think that should stay in. <laughs> oh my! That's just you know scientifically true that but that is very consistent with kai if i work really hard like a hundred billion percent hard then maybe i could yeah and he was yeah. four at the time he's so. yeah. and still working hard for for what man uh, i like it though i like it this is great okay cool now this is something that was brought up by my uh my producer at linkedin learning uh heather schuler she asked this question and um, another one of my friends, Julia, asked a version of this question. Um, so I'll go to Julia's version. She says that for her as an expert negotiator, she says the people that the thing that people always ask me is, I bet Brad hates being married to a negotiator. And so for you, being married to somebody who is considered by some to be a negotiation expert, please lower your eyes, your eye rolling. That's a microaggression hurt me deeply. <laughs> okay you can mail your continue apology. the question please how does it feel to be married to a negotiator awful you know i mean i really appreciate what you do like from a professional standpoint but leave it outside leave it outside you say yeah because sometimes i know what you're doing and i'm just like no just have a regular conversation with me without using tactics or just some of it is not negotiation. Some of it is I feel that it might be like I'm on the stand and you're interrogating me. And I I guess it's not called interrogating, but that's what it feels like. Um, you're an attorney. You're trained to argue and I don't like it. I'm trained to like save lives and, you know, help people live their best, healthiest life. And you're trained to argue with people and I don't, and that's not something that I always have interest in doing. So it sounds like your biggest challenge is with being married to somebody like me. Why are you smiling so much? You can hear the smile. Y'all hear that, right? Y'all hear his smile? (laughs) I'm trying to be a good interviewer. Okay, go ahead. And not be defensive. 
So it seems like the biggest challenge is at times it can seem argumentative. Yes. I'm trying to think of a recent example without actually giving the specific example. Like you'll say something like, gosh. So, oh, the other day you were, uh, you came home, he, he was gone. Um, on a on work trip. First of all, from, I never go on work trips. You were gone from Sunday to Thursday. I was exhausted. I barely And you, when you came back, you I was at work <laughs> and you said, you sent me a text message. Oh, can I please do the dishes tonight? And I'm like, just do the dishes right now. Like you don't have to ask or beg me to do the dishes. I'm just like, okay, I'll play along. Yes, please do the dishes. Oh, that'd be great. Uh. Um, and then, you know, I get home, the dishes are still in the sink, whatever he said tonight after dinner. Okay, great. And then we go to bed, the dishes are still there. And then the next day you're like, well, I said after dinner, it's still after dinner. It is the next day, sir. It's after dinner. It's way after dinner. Like you just, you, you find these loopholes. Well, first of all, let's not conflate like my personal fall flaws and shortcomings with like my expertise as a negotiator (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's 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 get that on the table and based on the way that you're describing the times when i'm annoying it's not the negotiator part of me that's annoying it is the lawyer part of me that's annoying the lawyer part yeah definitely because negotiators don't argue if I like wanted to persuade you, I wouldn't argue. But then sometimes, you know, you get caught up in the fog of war, a conversation gets heated, and then I become a lawyer. And I know And then you're like, no, just say yes or no. Answer the question, yes or no. It's not a just a yes or no question. There are other things, there are other details that matter here. And you cannot cut me off from expressing myself in these other details. So so there are times <laughs> where that has occurred and those times are really indefensible. So let's just like Okay, swiftly, thank you. I was swiftly. trying to figure out where that was going. I was trying to figure out a better answer than the truth, which was not on my side. So yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes sometimes I get a little lawyery. I'm sorry took three years of my life, you know, so of schooling and then, you know, practice. So sometimes I get a little cross-examiny. Okay. But that's not, that's not, that's not me as a negotiator. Um, okay. Yeah. The time. I the, feel like negoti- you're, you have negotiated some good things for our marriage. Like when I was working too much and you said, um, take some, you know, lower your FTE. FTE is how many hours you work. Yeah. So I lowered it from 1.0 to... Yeah, that took months, by the way. Well, I can't just lower it. I have patients who are scheduled like months in advance. So that's why it takes months. Don't act like it was the patients that made it take so long. It took a while for you to even like accept it as a legitimate possibility. You're like, no, Kwame, I like working myself to death. I never said that. No, you just you said it with your words, with your actions. Okay. Oh, look who's defensive now. I'm not defensive. Your shoulders are all high. I'm just tired because I worked today. You make it sound like I don't work with. I didn't I didn't say you didn't work. I said I worked today. Did I say anything about Kwame? 
I don't know. I'm all, I'm all defensive yeah, now. Yeah, you are. I don't I'm know Super why. defensive. Listeners, I'm not this defensive. I'm Kwame Christian. You know, I'm this like <laughs> lovable guy. <laughs> Let's go back to these questions. This is like... Yeah, I, am, I feel I like am, we're going to have to do a lot of editing on this. Man, I, I, f- this, I shouldn't have done this episode. I'm all off my game. I'm a good interviewer usually. This is... Let's just go to the questions. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyways, yes, Talar, my friend from Ireland, who That's now cool. lives in the states. Yes, um, she has a really cool question. Ask Whitney to tell you something that you don't think she knows about you. So, I want you to try to tell me something. about me that you think that I don't know. That that I think that you don't know that I know. Yes, yes. Um, oh, that is a good one. Um, I don't, can we come back to that one later? Mm-hmm. I'll have to think about it for a while. Okay. Something that I know about you that you don't think I know. <laughs> Such a dangerous question. I know. I'm like, I know what you do when you sneak out of bed at night. No. <laughs> Kwame has insomnia. Have you told them this? I don't think I've come out publicly and said it. Oh, well, you can cut that part out. That's a hip- I mean, I was fine. Hippa schmippa. <laughs> yeah, I have insomnia. So-, so sometimes he just gets out of bed in the middle of the night and he starts doing stuff for his work. Yeah. Um, And I, I roll over and I'm like, where is my husband? Yeah, my the team is quite familiar with like the two a.m. three a.m. messages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty wild. But yeah, usually it's it's not that exciting. I just go down into my man cave and f- try to sleep aggressively. <laughs> Fun fact: <laughs> trying hard to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> not not really good. Sleep harder, Kwame. Sleep harder. Yeah, it doesn't I think work. you know that I know that you resent me for being able to sleep at like any moment at any time it is your superpower most despicable (laughs) quality oh like i can fall asleep standing up this is this is the thing there are there are several layers of resentment so it's just it's not just the fact that you're flaunting the ability to sleep when i struggle with it um it's not just that it's the nights when we have a difficult conversation and I'm all heated. An argument. He's calling it a difficult conversation, but what he means is an argument. I wish this was recorded so people could see like how smug you looked when I said it's the nights when we have like a difficult conversation. You got so smug because what happens is I'm all wound up. I'm all mad and everything like that. And then I can't sleep too worked up to sleep. And when he's like, yeah, you know, the conversation ends and when he's like, good night and immediately falls asleep. Like it didn't bother her at all. Well, I'm never not tired is the first thing. I don't know of a time when I've not been tired since residency. And I had Kai in second year residency. So my career and my children, I'm always tired. I can always take a nap. So that's number one. That's why I can fall asleep easily. Number two, sleep does amazing things for my emotional regulation. When I wake up in the morning, I'm not mad anymore. So I know that the sooner I go to sleep, the sooner I'll be like, hey, Kwame, how you doing? And then you wake up 
the next morning and you're still pissed probably more so than before because i slept and you didn't yeah but i'm like hey i feel fine because one i don't hold grudges in general as a person and two i just slept and that helped my emotions just like come come down i'm even killed now Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. on to the next question (laughs) 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 what is non-negotiable like in our marriage or oh, that's it's open-ended. It. That is Rashida asking a, an open-ended question. Let's see where you take it. Um, ah, I mean, this podcast is called Negotiate Anything, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to come up with. I guess uh, that our family comes first is non-negotiable. Like the well-being of our family is top priority. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. So Ryan said, I'd love to know her negotiation strategies for negotiating with you. So besides the, the, the baby negotiation, which I guess was just like, you know, brute force and persistence. I wouldn't say it was brute force. I didn't like put you in a headlock or something. You used my son against me. I didn't tell him he himself wanted a brother. You used my son to create another son. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was all him. He what's your strategy it. for negotiating with me if you want to change my mind on something? Um, so I know that you are all about research and reasons for things. So if I want to change your mind about something, doing some research ahead of time uh, of things that I will talk to you about the benefits of doing it, whatever it is, um, the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then giving so background on why it's good either scientifically or anecdotally for other people why it has worked well or um, yeah just those main two things and then coming up with reasons that it would be good specifically for you or me or our family alright I have another question would you say that I'm hard to persuade it depends on what it is. You are stubborn about some things, yes. I'm stubborn about yeah. things? Yeah, so do you want to know what things you're stubborn about? Should I? Yeah, go ahead. Tell the world. Putting the toilet seat down. I can't persuade you to do that. Like, it's been 13 years almost. And you still leave the toilet seat up every time hold up not every single time basically 98 percent of the time but which but not not in our bathroom yes you do i go in there multiple times a day and the toilet seat is up i didn't put it that way yo there is some kind of elf struggling with toxic masculinity in this house (laughs) because i put the seat down every day okay so there's that and then also um I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bad mouth you on your podcast. So let's, we'll just leave it there. So listen, um, I stand by all women and my wife in fighting this scourge of the toilet seat being up. It disgusts me <laughs> <laughs> and it needs to stop. I feel like in this situation, no doubt I, I, I have fallen short, um, but 
it is not intentional. I don't look at the toilet seat. I'm like, man, I'm leaving this up. It's going to be great. Um, I just don't think about it. It's an, it's an awareness thing. When I do yeah. think about it, I put it down. I just usually don't. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So noted, noted. Um, I will, I have growing to do. I'll do better. Other I've- things sometimes that you are stubborn about. So Kwame has an undergraduate degree in psychology, but he thinks that makes him a psychologist. It doesn't. So some things with our kids as far as uh, like early childhood developmental stages. I'll... You you want to do certain things, and I'm like, mm, no, like developmentally, this is on track. And you're like, well, who's the psychology major? And I know about early childhood psychology and development. I'm like, but like I'm a family physician, so I actually like see pediatric patients quite often, not just my own children. So I also have that experience in practice not just like books that I read when I was in undergrad but you get very like you're very staunch about about that when it comes up and I'm just like you know what picking my battles you can go ahead and have that one what are you laughing because it's true no, I'm laughing. There's a there's a Kwame in my head like, Kwame, set the record straight. Go get her. Go get her. And then there's another Kwame like, Kwame, tens of thousands of people will hear you. <laughs> so there, there are these voices in my head. How do I respond? Um, yeah, you know, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> you a lot listen i feel like i might regret doing this interview later how would you regret the interview because i feel like you're like taking mental notes about things to like use against me later first of all i never take notes never you have an entire document on your on your phone where you just talk to yourself all day and you take notes (laughs) who's gonna believe that the next question. So this question is from Solangel. Um, I'm not sure if anybody has asked this question. However, what is something you each have learned in your professions that your spouse has been able to utilize and put into practice? So for me as a lawyer and negotiation expert, clearly with questionable negotiation skills. No, you have wonderful negotiation skills. What have you learned from me? And I'll respond from your perspective too. I've learned about compassionate curiosity. So going in, asking questions in a you know compassionate way and really listening for the answer to be able to have a better understanding of where the person's coming from. Nice. Um, can you give an example of when you used it? I think I use it every day um, because I interview people every day for work. I talk to people and ask them, you know, 
whatever whatever the medical issue is or uh, that they're dealing with. I ask them, you know, what's bother, bothering them? How did they get to this point? Um, you know, if the problem is that maybe they're not taking their medication like it's prescribed, mm-hmm. trying to get a better idea of why not. Is it just because they're like, I don't want to take medicine or is it because the medicine is giving them a side effect or is it because they're afraid the medicine might give them a side effect so they never even tried it or is it because um, they can't afford their medication so just trying to instead of saying hey I see you're not taking your medicine why not just saying you know I know that there are a lot of reasons why um, people may have trouble taking their medications as prescribed is there anything that is um, getting in your way of taking your medications yeah yeah nice cool 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 i think for me it's just recognizing the expertise of like the body is there's a lot to know and there's a lot that i don't know and so it's just recognizing okay um i've lived with myself for a good amount of time but that does not make me like a doctor (laughs) i don't know like what's really happening and so just having a bit more humility and getting checked up when i need to um i think just recognizing that expertise and deferring to people in the medical field when appropriate has been one of the greatest learnings for me you know so and i'll I'll add on to that while you're not a physician you are the only person who has lived in your body for as long as you've been alive so in that way you're an expert on your own body so if you feel like something's off you should definitely advocate for yourself to get it checked out and um, get an answer and hopefully a treatment that works to make you feel better or to resolve the problem or to manage the problem Um, so you said you're you know you're not a physician just because you um, lived in your body but you are you do know your body better than other people right know your body okay no this that makes a lot of sense and uh that's that's right i think it's that blend like because what i would often do is i would feel something like "Hmm, this feels kind of off kind of off it'll probably be fine and then just moving on with it but you push me to get checked up which is which is good and also you when i'm like i mean you're a doctor just look at me (laughs) make sure i'm okay and you never let that slide so i appreciate that um I see another good question from Julia. She is the question queen right now. Um, Can you think about times where negotiation and conflict resolution skills have helped us in our marriage? Oh, yeah. Um, Yes. Are we talking about specific examples? Yeah, go ahead. I think something that um, I learned from you in negotiation is kind of um, acknowledging and uh, legitimizing other people's feelings and experiences. So trying to come at the conversation that way first. Um, Like I'm upset about this or I feel uh you know we left things at a bad place but when we come back to the conversation trying to not only talk about how i feel in it but acknowledge how you feel in it and how um that might affect you know your decision making in this or um 
kind of what you would be open to as far as negotiating the subject. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. it definitely does. Yeah, the validating and acknowledgement that goes a long way because otherwise I would have felt a lot of times I would feel the need to kind of like impress upon you like how I'm feeling. I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling hurt, whatever it happens to be. And I think earlier on in the relationship, you would just say like, yeah, I'm tired uh, because I'm in residency and residency hours are wild. This is what I have to do. And I'm like, I understand the fact. I'm talking about how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. So now you you do a much better job of of acknowledging that, which I appreciate. Yeah, I think that's helped our our marriage and our relationship when I acknowledge that and validate that. You know, while it's true that I'm tired because I worked an eighty hour work week in residency, or now I'm out of residency, I don't work like that anymore. I worked, you know. 36 hours at my job and then came home and took care of the kids. What? You've never worked 36 hours because it, I don't work 36 hours at my job. No, per that, week? that's how much you're at the office. That doesn't count. You're not counting the. Like, oh, I thought the you were saying I work less than that. I was like, excuse me, sir. No, okay. No, you like that's if you. If yeah, you I work. I, I do work more than that. But I, that was I'm just saying I don't work as much as I worked in residency. And then I come home and I do stuff with the kids, you know, take care of them. And then, so I'm just like, I'm tired. This is true. But also you have feelings and needs and it's nice that you want to spend time with me. That That's something that I would want my spouse to want. Um, so just trying to acknowledge and validate that and then act on it. Um, saying like, okay, these hours are dedicated for uh, Kwame time or, you know, let's plan a date night. Um, regularly so that you don't feel that way even though I'm tired we can just carve out this time and it'll be protected this conversation reminded me of another conversation that we had um, when we think about persuasion I'd be interested to hear like if you're trying to persuade me we talked about the negotiation strategies things like that but if you're trying to persuade me like, you know that there are certain specific, like, Kwame strings to pull that can persuade. As, yeah, the, you see your, your, your Kai smile creeping onto your face. Um, what is the question, sir? Because I can... The question is, when you think about things that motivate me, things that get, like, make it more likely for me to do what it is that you want, like, when you think about persuasion, like, what comes to mind? How do I persuade Kwame? Sex. Not where I thought you were. That's born. why I was smiling like that because <laughs> I thought that's what you were getting. Is that not the most persuasive thing for you? This is you said at the beginning of this interview. You said, "Don't embarrass me." I said, "I cannot promise that. I will be completely honest." That is the complete one hundred percent honest answer, and you know it's also a fact. <clears throat> Dr. Whitney Christian, we thank you for your is first. This end, your... <laughs> <laughs> conversation. I thought that's what you would. That's why I was looking at you like that. Like, do you really want me to answer this question? Did you not read the eyes? I, I read the eyes. I didn't think you. Anyways, yeah. Okay. What did so you that's think a, I was going mean, to say. Good, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid answer. It's factually correct. Um, now, is there anything else? Um, you like to work out together. I do. So those. Physical activities. 
physical activities and also cuddling another you know physical activity so your love language is quality time and um physical touch correct so those those things move the needle for you they certainly do i was thinking about the time um i think it was in december where you wanted us to go on more dates and you were disappointed on how many dates I was taking you on. Do you remember your approach there? Um, I said I wanted more romance. Yeah. And I said, maybe you're not romantic. Is that what I said? Nope. You said, I, I said, well, you know, you're always, you're busy. You're tired. I'm, I'm mindful about like taking too much of your time. I don't want to like ask for time that you're not willing to give. So I was like, look, my, my mentality for romance is like work super, super, super hard in the business, make more money and then buy back more of your time as you start to scale back. And that was, that's what I said. Yeah. And, and then, I was like, but what about right now? Yeah. Like, this week, next week. I don't like, that's going to take time. Uh huh. I want romance now. And then I said to that, I was like, I thought you were too tired to go on these types of like dates and stuff, but now I know, so that's good. But there was one thing that you said. I don't, you, you don't remember. I, you'll remember once I said it. You said, yeah, because I'm getting a lot of beta vibes from you right now. You remember texting that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, beta? Excuse me. Kwame Christian is not a beta, whatever that means in this context want to romance the hell out of you now yeah i was i was romancing yeah, i do you. know that i can say certain things and usually i reserve those you know but sometimes it's necessary to get the to get the desired uh outcome the ego yeah the ego is there yeah the ego can be there it's like <laughs> really and i know i'm getting played sometimes i gotta make a point mm-hmm unbelievable so you, then you took me to cancun for my birthday so that worked it was great it was a nice date it was a very nice date how as a doctor do you balance being a successful doctor clinical professor as well so you have students that mm -hmm. rotate with you you have um three children <laughs> are you calling yourself a child why are you saying three children at times I appreciate you acknowledging that because I wouldn't have said it because like I said, I'm not trying to disrespect you on your own podcast. <laughs> Listeners, but, did you hear what she said? She's, it's not that she is. She doesn't want to disrespect me in general. She's like, not on your podcast. <laughs> that's like coming in somebody's house and then like coming in their house and disrespecting them and starting to fight in their own house. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Christmas. I, I, I will bring that up to the dawn of the, to the end of we don't time. Need to get it. We don't need to get into that. That's family business. Coming into my house. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> what was the question? I forget. But this answer has been great. So, oh, how do you balance with extreme difficulty and actually um, probably not at all? How do I? Because I feel like there's always going to be something that gets the short end of the stick. Um, so yes, I'm doing all these things, 
but I never feel like I'm doing all of them to the best of my ability or to the point where I'm satisfied. So for example, we talked about how um, sometimes Kwame would feel lonely or like we didn't have enough time together. So sometimes it would be our relationship that suffered because I was so busy. Um, sometimes um, it would be, you know, I wanna be home to, to see my son get off the bus, uh, but I can't because the clinic ran late and so, somebody's there to get him off the bus, either Kwame or his mom. Um, but I would like to be home more, um, but that's not always possible. Um, and then otherwise, you know, I la last week was a crazy week. Kwame was traveling. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I got a call from the school. I had to pick, pick Kai up from school um, because he was sick. So, you know, I'm not gonna spend extra time at work to get my charts closed. Uh, I got a call in the middle of the day, two weeks ago, that Kai had injured himself. And so I had to cancel patients to take to pick him up from school and take him to be checked out that day. So something is always going to win. And that means that something else is gonna lose. But you just have to choose at the time what is the most important thing. And then knowing that you're gonna come back to the other things when you can so um i don't know that that's balanced that's just you know you just have to to make choices and then know that something is going to suffer in the just temporarily and then you'll come back to it and try to pick it up when you can yeah no that is really good mm -hmm. i have another one from joshua mitchell what advice do you have for people who are resolving conflicts in a marriage or a relationship? Know that there are seasons for everything. So I don't know, you know, everybody's conflict. Some conflicts are probably insurmountable and maybe you shouldn't stay together. And this is not me giving relationship advice, but there are seasons in a relationship. There are different things that you may have to overcome. And if you feel like your relationship is worth it and that it is something that you can overcome just know that you're gonna have to work at it and it won't feel like this always it's great advice Even and then also things can get better and then they can get bad again because we're humans that's for sure it's not gonna be like oh everything's better and now it's smooth sailing forever there are seasons that is true <laughs> and sometimes you have to be very patient. Um, Elaine has a great question here. What would you coach me to do differently to make me a more effective communicator? <laughs> I love this question. Before the end of the question, I was like, what would I coach you to do differently? Let me write this list of things in the house. <laughs> but oh, just to be a, a more effective <laughs> communicator. So that one specifically, and that this is probably very um, specific to our relationship. I know when you are upset about something and then you always pretend like you're not for like hours at a time which now I just try to give you space to, you know, process your feelings. But when I ask you, hey, is something wrong? And then you tell me no, then I just feel like you're lying to me. So just 
being honest, like, yeah, something's wrong. I just don't want to talk about it right now. And let me know when it's okay to approach you. Because my thing is, I want to talk about it and, you know, try to come to a resolution sooner so that we can, you know, snuggle and be happy and lovey-dovey again. But you're not in that same space um, that I'm in. So, but I need you to like, at least acknowledge the fact that I'm feeling something that is real uh, coming from you. Cause otherwise I'm just like, what What am I supposed to do with that? Should I avoid you? And then you think like, I don't care if I'm not near you or don't try to figure out what's going on. Or if I'm, you know, like extra lovey-dovey, then I'm just annoying you because you don't want to be near me. So I need to, I need you to tell me when you're upset about something, like what is it that you want me to do? Do you want me to wait and come back in two hours to talk to you about it? Do you like not need to see my face right now because it's angering you? I don't know. So th that's the main thing. I don't think that that's, I think that's way too specific for her question, but that's it. It's a great answer. It's a great answer. And um, following up on that, what would you say are my biggest blind spots? Just in general. Blind spot. I don't know if I would call it a blind spot, but I think that especially because you are a negotiator and you try not to go into things emotionally, you tr you sometimes um, pretend that you don't have emotions. And I'm like, Kwame, it's fine to have emotions. You're a human. And you're like, I'm not a human. And I'm like, but you are though. Um, is that a blind spot? Would, would you call that a blind spot? It's certainly something. Yeah, it's something. So that is a big one. Like not wanting to acknowledge your your humanness and the fact that humans do have emotions and it's okay to have emotions and to be honest about them. Have you seen any improvement in that area over our relationship? Absolutely. When you started getting therapy. <laughs> do you not want me to answer these questions? Honestly? No, I do want you to answer the questions. I don't know. I don't have wives on my podcast that are married to me. Okay. So like, this is a new experience and yeah. I'm responding with awkward laughter. Well, yeah. um, let's go to another question. <laughs> this one is from Aramide. So Aramide says, what is one negotiation skill or tactic that is helpful for better parenting? So I think different stages of children, um, the answer may be different, but giving the child the choice of this versus that when you know that um, both of those things need to be done. Like, do you want to um, brush your teeth first or do you want to take your bath first? Both of those things are going to get done, but giving them the choice of what order to do it in helps them to feel like they have more control. And a lot of times for kids, that's one thing is like they, they get told what to do all the time. So giving them, you know, the ability to control something um, is really a, you know, a gift for them, a, a plus. They really like it. Um, yeah, there's probably other stuff, but I found that one, especially for like three or four year olds where they're really trying to assert their independence and test the boundaries. Um, but you still need to brush your teeth and you still need to take a bath. 
Nice. Options do work really well. I'm going to take a spin on Patrick Tinney's um, question here because he wanted you to ask me, how would you rank my top two negotiation personality styles? But I'm going to turn this on you. When you think about yourself as somebody who is a communicator, when you think about your style, when are you at your best and when are you at your worst? I'm at my best if I have gotten rest and I have my basic human needs taken care of. So if I'm not hungry, if I'm not sleepy, if I'm not in pain, I'm going to be a better communicator and I'm going to be a better listener. And I'm going to be more patient. If I am tired, if I am hungry, if I, if there's something that is bothering me physically, if there's something that's bothering me emotionally or like mentally, something is going on, I'm not going to be a good communicator. I'm not going to be a good listener. I'm going to revisit the question that I asked you a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Um, have you noticed that in our relationship, I am, at least I'm at least trying to be, more relaxed, more go with the flow, more chill, and less argumentative. Yes. Oh my God. I'm just trying to figure out from what date to what date you're talking about. Yes. Yes, I have noticed that. I'm interested to know, like, tell me about your date specificity. That's fascinating to me. Have Has anybody called Kwame's phone and let it ring to go to voicemail? First of all, everybody knows that voicemails and emails and mails, just mailing me things, those are all acts of aggression. But you own a business, so you're gonna you're gonna receive correspondence. I do. So you have to deal with that. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan. TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. That's just a fact of life. You can't ignore voicemail, email, and snail mail. I never said I ignored it. You literally said on your voicemail that you don't listen to voicemail. And then, like, your best friend, your mom, and your wife are like, yeah, that's not a good look. You probably shouldn't say that on your voicemail greeting as a professional. <laughs> how How is this an answer to my question of, oh, I see. Oh, I see. You're saying this is me being stubborn and not... Yeah. Okay, don't don't respond with that tone, that that tone that you just did. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fair. But I did change my voicemail. I changed it. His voicemail now says, 
because my family wants me to have a voicemail, I'm I'm going to have this voicemail, but I still don't listen to voicemail unless it's an emergency or something like that. <laughs> I like to be honest. Okay. <laughs> so I have it. I made that adjustment. Okay. So I guess, so I, I, I'm not as uh, flexible and uh, compliant as I thought. Is that the message I should take away from this? Yeah, but we're all, you know, we're all, you know, learning and growing and evolving every day. Which brings us to a great question to wrap up with. This is from my friend Lucia, who says, and I quote, ask her how she puts up with you. Curious minds want to know. Oh, my gosh, Lucia. Thank you for this question, boo boo. Um, patience of Job and, um, you know, just re- looking at the, the, the faces of my children <laughs> and saying, man, these are some cute kids. We made these kids together. Let's give them the best life with both parents in the house. And, um, you know, just choosing to, to love you every day. And, um, you know, forgiveness and remembering this, this, I mean, all of that is true, but this is really, um, something I think about all the time, remembering, um, kind of our foundations and how, um, how we were before we had kids, how we were in undergrad. And I have this picture, um, from, I think it's on Facebook where we were somewhere studying in undergrad and your face is like it, it was taken on my laptop you know how it has the camera you like put your head over the top of it and and the laptop is in front of me and so your head is kind of hanging down the top of the picture and then i'm looking up at you like this and i just looked really happy that uh, we were spending time together and um that you were my boyfriend and just remembering moments like that where we made each other really happy in times when it's very difficult and I'm tired and the kids won't sleep and you're traveling and you left the toilet seat up and your <laughs> socks are in the middle of the floor and you left your plate on the table without taking it to the kitchen to clear it. But I don't travel that much. You traveled last week and you're traveling again on Wednesday. But then I'm here for like a month. Is that true? Yeah, one hundred percent. I got a, like a month. Like it's it's like the twenty second. Okay, that's like more than a month here. But this year has been kind of wild. So, but yeah, I just remember. I just remember our history. I remember. I look at our kids. I think of our future, and I also think of um, the fact that I also am an, an imperfect human. So. I get on your nerves too, and we put up with each other. That's good. I like that answer. I like that answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. Now, let me ask you some questions. Oh, I thought that's, you said to wrap it up. I don't know, I'm enjoying this more than I thought. Okay. Um, And this is a Julia question, actually. What? Julia asked like a million questions. Julia, you have good questions. Great questions. Um, what hopes do you have for your future together? 
I hope to grow old together. Um, but like be like some really ripped older people. <laughs> so grow old but still uh, you know, lift weights at the gym. Cause I see some old people at the gym and they they're still at it. So there's that. And I want to travel the world together. And I want to we haven't taken our kids on any international trips. We need to get that. <laughs> we need to get on that. Um, so yeah, travel with the family. Yeah, I'd like to take you on these trips because I'm I'm on the road like every week. You know. Oh, so. oh, I don't I don't travel too much. Remember yeah. you said that a few minutes ago? Yeah, one, once a and week. And then you just said I don't I, I don't travel too much, but I'm on the road every week. Yeah, that's not too much. It's just frequent. It's not like one day per week. It's like three or four. That's like half of the week every week it'd be great if you could come on these trips though yeah that'd be nice so that could be a feature quit me on the road yeah and our kids yeah um also give us feedback on this podcast that i was afraid to do for almost a decade um, it is officially going to be like the longest podcast we've I know. ever done. I feel like people aren't going to listen to it because it's really just us talking. Yeah, let us know. Um, you could be like, hey, man. I didn't learn anything from this podcast. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> never again. We just want you for the, the tips. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I accept all feedback. Um, just don't leave a bad review. Just tell me. <laughs> just, just send. Just send a message. Just send a message. On don't LinkedIn. mess up his stats. Yeah, don't people, mess up the please. stats. If you if you really are a fan, could you imagine if somebody made it this deep in an episode? They're like, man, four stars. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do it. Just don't review. Um, cool. Um, so, what do you see your future looking like professionally? Because it sounds like you're working a lot and you would probably want to change that. You're so funny because I know why you're asking this question. What? Um, what? Yeah. I work full time now and I wouldn't mind being part time so that I could spend more time with my husband and my children and travel more. So I see that happening at some point. I'm not sure when. Um, I I thought of maybe traveling and practicing medicine in different places we travel, if I could be of service somewhere else. But I don't really know all the rules surrounding that since, you know, medical licenses don't travel across states. Um, So, yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, I think that's great. And um, we'll we'll do our best as a as a community of global negotiators, me and the people listening to try to create that lifestyle for you. So I'll try to make that happen and uh, buy some more of your time back. And who knows? Maybe you could be on more podcasts. Oh, let's let's demo this this idea that we came up with last year. Um, Whitney and Kwame doing a podcast. Um, is that not what we've been doing this entire time? This is a single episode. I'm talking about creating a show, you and me. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was going to be traveling? Yeah, it was going to be about like us being busy professionals, finding time to like 
you know, still be lovers and friends and be parents and travel and have fun and things like that. Um, but also like conjoining that with uh, like a more robust YouTube presence. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's any interest in that, let us know. I promise I'll be less awkward. I can't re- wait to get back to like a normal episode where I can, you know, sound smart again. Nice. Did I make you nervous? Girl, I'm always like never nervous. I'm always never nervous. English is my language. <laughs> Crushing the English today. Um, but anyways. Thanks for listening to the Negotiate Anything podcast. We'll catch you in the next one. Say say like and subscribe and stuff. Like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Five stars only, though. What a noob. You don't like a podcast. You just You just subscribe. said say like and subscribe. It was you, a trick. You literally said that. It was a trick, and you fell for it, and it's quite sad. So You know what's going to happen, though? What? I got a taste of this. I'm going to make my own podcast, and I'm going to have more listeners than you. I'm going to steal your listeners. They're going to stop listening to your podcast. They're going to come over to mine. It's funny because you've started a podcast like 18 different times. No, I've started a podcast twice and I just didn't have time to dedicate to actually putting out regular episodes. How many episodes did you record? Three. Well, the, the people want to hear it. Okay. Let's get it started. But anyways, everybody subscribe and leave a five-star review on Negotiate Anything or just, you know, wait for a normal episode and feel that one out and then leave a review. <laughs> after listening to an episode that's actually like about negotiation but thanks for coming on the show i know it's late for you um how do you know it's late how do i know it's late oh you're talking to me thanks for coming on the show i thought you were talking about the listeners like you don't know what time they're listening to this i looked at the clock let's go ahead simone no simone (laughs) Simone. don't 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 edit it (laughs) that means that means cut that out we should should get like a clean it is late though let me get a clean ending um all right everybody really appreciated you spending this (laughs) see this is the stuff that people don't like right there that's really loud that was really loud loud. all right back up all right everyone (laughs) can you stop i'm not doing anything i'm just watching you All right, right, everyone. (laughs) You are the worst. Just let me finish. Okay, Okay, go ahead. Let me let my team break. Everybody, everybody, thank you. Just finish it. I'm trying to do it with you. You can just do it. You want to close it out? I don't want to. I want you to do it. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) okay i'm walking away i'm not gonna mess with you anymore okay go ahead all right everybody thank you for bearing with us during that episode we appreciate you and uh people have been asking for it i hope you liked it and i'll catch you in the next one 
Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.